Hello, Ashley Nicole. Hello, Taryn Renee. Um, I have an interesting fact that actually made me so upset. Oh, fun. Okay, so German chocolate cake. Mm, mm-hmm. One of my faves. So good. So good. Did you know that it was invented in Texas? Yeah. I by didn't a know man that. <laughs> named Sam German. Yeah. Which is why it's German chocolate cake. Yeah. First of all, I'm offended for my culture. That is so funny. That Yes. Well, also, like, what? I actually love that I knew this. Yeah. I knew this. I so did not. One I'm a terrible of my, German. One of my mom's really good friends growing up married a guy whose family was, like, very German. And so she started making German chocolate cake because she wanted to her kids... <laughs> to like have like a piece of their culture you know like she was like yeah. oh, like I, she made it all the time i went to their family barbecue she constantly she prided herself on prided? making prided <laughs> prided herself on making this german chocolate cake and then discovered that and it was a whole thing oh it's so it was, she, she it was like such a whole thing where she was like i had no idea this is all ridiculous it's all fake and yeah. i thought i was like bringing a part of the culture into my family. (laughs) It was so funny. I feel like this is the first time where it's like something, like I'm very German, like both sides, like very German. Like I have, I had an Oma, like very German. But... This is the first time where it's something that I'm like, I should have known this, but I've seen it so many times in like other cultures where us, especially like Americans, we're like, oh, like celebrating certain things or thinking certain things. And then you talk to people from that culture and they're like, no, no one does that here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like so funny. But yeah. Way to ruin my life. (laughs) Unsolicited advice. I would have never known this. Yeah. Don't go eating German chocolate cake thinking, you know. Ooh, Thinking culture. you're a good German. I need to tell my mom. She's gonna be heartbroken. Oh. That's her. Well, she didn't hey. know. I don't know. Oh no. If she doesn't know, I I'll think feel you guys better. need to have like a a family discussion over this. <laughs> Sit her down and be like, "Mom, I'm like that was her. Mom didn't tell her. That's hilarious. I know. Oh, mom, come yeah. on, come on. She's like, Oma. oh, German. <laughs> my people uh, has no idea. Dead. I love I love that you started that with worse. We're, my family's very German, but it would be funny I if know. no one knew that it wasn't actually a cultural <laughs> thing or maybe <laughs> plot twist. Yeah, I, do, I don't know. I can't even ask her now, but I can ask my mom. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Tea. welcome back to the podcast, guys. Welcome. I'm Ashley. That's Taryn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the podcast where you guys send in stories and we advise you, um, you know, as best we can being as unprofessional as we are. Yeah. Um, and before we go any further, a couple things that yes. we just want to remind you. Yes. One is Supercast is like officially a thing, which <laughs> the first episode dropped like a few days ago, I think. Yes, um, we are so excited to hear just the feedback of yes. what you think. Like when I was editing, I was like, this, this feels different. This yes. feels good. So um, let us know what you thought. Um if you haven't heard about it, we have a VIP membership, Supercast, yes. $5 a month, less than one coffee. coffee. At least a coffee in LA. Yep. And um, you get extra episodes. You get uh, discounts AMAs. on merch, AMAs, all the things. More Ash so, and Taryn. No ads. No ads. Yeah. So um, Emphasis on the no ads. Sign up. It's not too late. 
That's all I got to say. What else do they need to remember? <laughs> Guys, we also are so excited because our favorite time of year is here. October series is just around the corner. If you guys don't know, October series is the time where you guys strictly send in scary stories. This could be something that you have heard, something that you went through, something that a friend of yours or your grandparents went through. All, all we need from you is to sit down and write us the story in detail. Um, the more details, the better. We want to be sitting on the edge of our seats. We want to be like screaming. We want to be like holding our breath. Like we want to be nervous. Like we're there with you or whoever went through it. Um, so take the time to write us in. What's our email, Taryn? Advice unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> Advice unsolicited pod at gmail.com. And all you have to do is in the title, write October series so we know what category to put it in. How you been, Taryn? I've been- it's officially September. It is September. I, I'm very um, excited about. I got my hair dyed yesterday. Like, I just went to my aunt. She does her thing that she always does. But I had all these people be like, oh, my gosh, your hair looks so good. It's perfect for fall. And that was the first time it hit me. I was like, it's, it's fall. fall. Like, I'm about to enter the best version of myself. I know. I'm already thinking about my nail colors. Yeah. <laughs> I oh. was talking to someone. Oh, I was talking to, I went and got my nails done. I think you, I think I told you about this. I went and got my nails done and I ended up with this weird salmon-y pink color. Oh, yeah, it was and not. I hated it. I it was not your hated color. it. So like then, even I made a comment. I was like, I like, that's not a typical I color. actually, I still have it on my toes because I didn't <clears throat> mind it on my toes so no, much. Yeah. Um, but on my hands, I was like, this looks awful. It looks like, I don't know if you guys... This might be dating myself, but there was a little kid girly paint that you used to be able to peel off. And that was like child safe if you were to like put your paint. Oh, like nail polish, nail polish. Paint. Oh, uh-huh. It reminded me of that. Yeah. Where it was just like not a great pink. Um, so I ended up having my sister's nail girl who comes to my sister's house redo my nails, which is like so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I got a, f-. she said that she was coming. I was like, perfect. I'm just going to get my nail switched. Um, and I was talking to her and she was like, do you always do the same nudie pink? Because every time I've used her, I've done like the same nudie pink. And I was like, yes, until the holidays slash fall. Oh, and yeah. then I go dark and it's like, it's always like dark or it's red or it's maroon or burgundy or whatever. But like, I can't wait because like last year I, I was really into brown and I was doing yeah, brown a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm very excited for that. Um, I just have like one more wedding that I'm kind of like, maybe I'll wait. Depends yeah, on the color of the dress. On, I was going to say depends on what you Which wearing. I need to figure that out. But yeah. I am very excited <laughs> for fall nails. I know. I I usually will do. I've like, I used to do like crazy designs all the time and then I got over it. Um, but fall, I usually like to do some type of like black with like ghosts on them or something. But yeah. I, um, everyone... Everyone and their mother is excited for the PSL that's finally here. And um, I don't like them. Mm -mm. I've never, I I liked them once when I was, I think I was in like high school. And I was like, oh, yay, fun. But I don't think I ever really liked them. I just loved the idea of them. I liked some of them, but I'm not a huge fan of um, Starbucks. So I heard that the chai one is actually pretty good. And everyone has been uh, recommending I try that one. Chai there's latte? A, there's a chai tea pumpkin latte drink option. Oh. So everyone was saying that's like less pumpkin-y. Yeah. And, well, which Julia I love got chai. that the other day, like an iced chai, but then <coughs> she did the pumpkin spice cold foam. Yes. So then it's like a little 
yes. little doses. Yeah. So I, everyone has been saying to try that because it's a little more, mm-hmm. it's less like pumpkin in your face. And I'm tempted to. And I was thinking about maybe doing that later today with you and just like oh, seeing God. how we like it. But let's do it. Um, yeah. I'm not a PSL girl, but I do love Blue Bottle. And their Spice Nola is officially out. Mm-hmm. And God bless you do love the Blue drink. Bottle people because that is my favorite drink of all time. Yeah, you do love that It's drink. so good. Um, speaking of pumpkin, I just would like to formally tell you I'm expecting all of the pumpkin scones oh, this year. Yes. And I'm expecting every time you make a batch, because I don't live with you anymore. Oh, I know. What are you going to do? I will I will give you my own Tupperware, but <laughs> I need one lo- one of those, one latte, one scone <laughs> to go into that Tupperware for the next time I see you. Well, you know what I made last year for the first time was those vegan pumpkin cookies. Did you ever get those? I did. And those they were, were so good. Those were so good. In like I love my pumpkin scones cuz I tend to make them kind of softer so they're more like cake. Yeah. Um but the the cookies were so good and dairy-free so it didn't hurt my stomach as much which was a plus because the scones as much as I love them oh there was a pain there was a pain that followed every time um but yeah I'm very excited for fall yeah uh very excited for fall nails and fall treats yeah we gotta plan a a Disney day yep absolutely and our spa day and our spa we got there's a lot, a lot happening there's a lot yeah happening. ashley gifted me a best friend day mm-hmm. for my birthday so mm-hmm. and we both were like let's wait till the heat wave dies down because <laughs> it's like an outdoor it spa. never will and i was like we just gotta wait it out until the like you know 90s are gone otherwise yeah. i'll die <laughs> no yeah it's I not can't. especially like when you're in like when you're getting massage and stuff, mm-hmm. like you want to feel like nice and cool and clean. Mm-hmm. Like the worst thing is to like be walking into your massage and you're like drenched in sweat. Oof. Like nah, Oof, not dog, yeah. not dog. How are you, Ash? I'm so good. I actually finally, it's I think it's been a year. Jumped back onto my reading game. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm not kidding. I think the second I moved out from Alicia's house, I like fell into like re-watching old shows yeah. and like watching movies and just just making a whole like movie tv show watching it was a big era of my life yeah all of a sudden but that makes sense because you're alone so the background noise is like comforting yeah so it I makes sense why you would lean towards that that yeah what you just said makes sense yeah. um <laughs> something <laughs> something about there. that i really resonate with that a little bit um so i fell off my reading game which i was so sad about because i I think I read, I think I said this on the podcast, I'm pretty sure I read like at least a book a month last year. Yeah. And so I was hoping for the same thing this year and I just did not get there. So I finally read um, It's Too or too Late by Colleen Hoover and it was so good. Was it? It was a lot darker and a little more vulgar than her normal stuff. Um, but it was actually really incredible. And I guess the way that it got written was because when she would get like writer's block, on whatever other book she was writing, she had this other story that she had been writing just on the side. And it was something she did to kind of like disconnect from what she was writing. Wow, that's actually like brilliant. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> she's cause, cause she's brilliant. So if she was stuck on like, um, you know, the it ends with it us. ends with us. Let's say she's writing that and she's stuck on it. She would go to this other story that she was writing that was the extreme opposite of it and a lot more like raw and kind of crude and um, 
which is not her normal style. Yeah. And she would write that to kind of disconnect from what she had been writing to like keep her creativity juices flowing. That's very interesting. Well, I guess what she ended up doing was like posting a chapter <laughs> and her diehard fans were like, this is incredible. Like keep posting. So she would just randomly post the next chapter every once in a while. And they got so obsessed with it that she ended up releasing um, once it finished and she concluded it, she ended up releasing um, a, I think it was an Amazon version where you could like download the book. Um, she didn't make a big deal of it. Only her like diehards knew about it and were obsessed with it. And then she finally ended up printing it because it did so well. Dang. So that's kind of how she ended up writing this. And it was just so fun because if you know, um, any of the like CH books, they all have a very similar vibe, very similar style. Like it's all very just like there's a there's a tone and it's all very similar. I would put too late kind of on the same line as Verity, but even a little more cruder. Dang, I didn't know you were like super fan. I'm not a super fan. This you is just all said CH books. <laughs> oh, I'm on Colleen Hoover TikTok. <laughs> So like for a second, I was like, C-H. And then I was like, oh, I'm like, OK, Ash. <laughs> but I thought, it, I thought it was really good. So if you are into that kind of stuff, definitely worth the read. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to. Yeah, I need to start reading. I was actually going to read It Ends With Us. But then because of all I think I've talked about this before, because of all this controversy about contra controversy. Mm-hmm. Why does that feel weird? Um, About who they cast and like the way she looks and all this stuff, then now I'm like, nah, I'm gonna watch the movie so I can enjoy it and then I'll read the book. Cause that, I hate that feeling. I mean, I. Which is why my argument for. Firmly disagree for a book with is, that entire. Okay, but thing. the whole time you're gonna be so annoyed by like what she's wearing, the way she's acting, like that. Who, what's her name? Supposed to be the character? Blake Lively? No, I know her, but like what's her character? Oh. And it ends with us. I can't remember. You just lost your super fan. <laughs> Never I can't remember. <laughs> but anyways, like every time I hear people talking about it, they're so triggered and like that is not what she would wear. She's way too old. To blah, blah, blah. So you want to be seeing Blake Lively as you read I'd my rather, favorite book that I've read. I'd rather of Colleen that than sit through the movie and be pissed off the whole time. Then no. I'm just happy always. No, I'm but, just happy. But you're missing always. out on the best version of the book. But what? What is the that's version like, of the like book? That's like reading Twilight and only seeing Kristen Stewart. Yeah, but then I wouldn't be pissed. But no one wants Kristen Stewart to be Bella. But if no she one is, wanted it, I mean, I know, but I hated being. But so my mad. Bella was perfect. Your Bella would have been, or was probably. When did you did you do that? Did you do that? Did you watch the movie first? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't remember actually. No. Okay. I read the books. Well, then your Bella was, was probably triggered. amazing and you were pissed off because it was Kristen Stewart. Right? I don't remember, to be honest. I mean, but even I Edward just, was yeah, a but, letdown. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I would rather just be happy all the time. That's what I, I aim for in life. Fascinating. You know? You like to be angry. Did we Did we bring this to the to Instagram and do a poll on it? I remember. I think we did. Do we? I don't remember the result. I don't remember the results either. I don't either. Let's just do it again. I did notice, however, we did do a poll on the word hookup and what it oh, means. Oh, I know. You won. And I won by a long shot. I, I will say it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be by the way that everyone was talking about it. 
you know what I mean? Like you being like, I've never, it's always been this. Like there were a good majority that were like, thought yeah, the like same as me. 20% or something like that. It was 20? I what was so. the final? 24. <laughs> 24. I wish it was 21. 21. Um, anyways, there's some of us who've been just super confused and who everyone thinks are super active. <laughs> Because I've always said, oh, this guy, oh, this guy I, know. I hooked up with. I, literally from the day I met you, you would use the word hookup wrong, in my opinion. And I, was Thank all, you for I would always be like, I thought she was a virgin. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm confused. And no, then you I'm would confuse so many people. You said it enough times that I realized, I was like, she doesn't. She's using this differently. She's using it differently. <sighs> I don't know what to say. I just, that's that's what's been in my brain. And now, yeah, I'm sure I've confused a lot of people. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. If you guys have not heard of Book of the Month, where have you been hiding? Me and Ash are both on the journey of trying to be readers. She's definitely there. I'm on my baby steps way there. So obviously we were so pumped to partner with Book of the Month because their mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. And guys, they literally make it so easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick the five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you cannot go wrong. And they offer great prices on new release hardcover fiction, much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free and it's super fun. Books are delivered in a bright blue box. A fun app to pick your book and track reading process is available. And they have reading challenges with rewards. My December read was so epic. It was called Butcher and Blackbird. And let me just read the little sentence they give you that totally sold me. Serial killers need love too. Don't take our word for it. Read this biting, steamy, and edgy murderers to lovers tale. Like, come on. Like, it totally sold me. If you guys would like to check out Book of the Month, just head on over to bookofthemonth.com to pick a book and join Book of the Month. For a limited time, you can join and get the first book for just $5. Just use code unsolicited. Again, that's bookofthemonth.com, code unsolicited. Happy reading. Hello, everyone. It's Taryn and Ashley from Unsolicited Advice. And if you want to listen to our show without ads, you can now. Just go to unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting our show too. That's unsolicitedadvice.supercast.com. Do you got to turn it up for Oh, us? I sure do. I have a good one. And it's kind of long, so I'm just going to like, I'm going to focus and just get through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And not take my time as I do because oh, okay. it's worth the read. It's just kind of long. Yeah. Do you, boo? All right. Here we go. Tearing it up. Car hop edition. Hi, Ashley and Taryn. Hello. My name is Haley and you can say my name. I'm 19 years old in Enneagram 2 and from Missouri. Oof, Missouri. It's cold. <laughs> Where I have lived my whole life. But before I get into my embarrassing story, let me just shower you with my appreciation and love for the both of you on your podcast. Your podcast has been such a blessing in my life. 
It's gotten me through my first breakup, encouraged me during drives and cleaning days, and provided comfort and distraction on countless sleepless nights through a rough season of my life. Your wisdom and guidance in each and every issue you discuss has been such a blessing to me, and I'm sure many others would agree. Your friendship and teamwork are inspiring, and the love, wisdom, and compassion you pour into each episode doesn't go unnoticed. I'm so thankful for the both of you and the pod. Y'all are like big sisters. Y'all are like the big sisters that I never had. Aww. Now, for a little backstory, I work as a para, P-A-R-A, at a private school during the school year. Mandy, you want to look that up? <laughs> I'm assuming it's SANS or something. P-A. Paralegal? Do they work at schools? That's Resident the only thing that comes into my head. Oh, oh so like oh, a so teacher's aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. a TA. So, okay. Cool. <laughs> Glad we figured that out. <laughs> um, at the school, I'm in charge of supervising recess and lunch, which automatically makes me all the kids' favorites. She adds in parentheses, oh yeah. And also tutoring and assisting teachers when needed. This job is a dream come true for me. I love kids so much and always have, and I get to play a fun role in the world of education without having the full load of responsibilities like a regular teacher. I graduated in 2022 and took a gap year. I didn't want to rush into a degree when I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to pursue, and my job as a para had been the biggest blessing and grew my love for education. I'm hoping to begin pursuing a degree this fall, Lord willing. Perks of working in education include long breaks, and for me, I have all summer off. But I'm the type of person where I need something to keep me busy, otherwise I'll go crazy. Girl, same. I'm exactly the same. So I started applying for jobs around town and got a job at Sonic as a bar hop, car hop. I'm a mess today. Ash. It's the Celsius. It's the Celsius. If you don't know, Sonic is a fast food drive-in where you park in a stall, order your food, and a car hop comes and brings the food to you, which I remember going as a kid, and I yeah, thought that was the craziest the thing. thing. I thought it was so cool. I literally was like, I didn't know Sonic had, like, bars now. Yeah. Like, that was my first thought. <laughs> They're just bringing out. I was like, dang, Sonic's Margaritas and beers to everybody. <laughs> It's a proper Sonic etiquette, LOL, to tip your car hop, and knowing that I would be earning tips was a huge plus for me. The location I work at tends to be busy all day long, so I would be required to help prepare drinks and ice cream and also make sure orders were getting taken to the cars on time. Stressful? Yes. But the fast-paced energy makes time fly by, and I personally thrive in that kind of environment. Wow. I think we're the same person. Do they... Wait, did she say anything yet about... Are they still on roller skates, or is that not a thing anymore? I think they are still on roller skates. Oh, see, that would... Just a sidebar, I was a Sonic car hop for two years. Questions asking. Wait. fun. Wait. Did you have to wear roller skates? I did. Did you fall? Yeah. She said, yeah. I feel like it would be a rite of passage. You like had to fall. everyone fell. Eventually, like if you fell enough times, you were comfortable enough to like not fall anymore. Oh my god, how funny! Oh, I get that. Like almost like if you're thinking too much about not falling, then I yeah. Get it, I get Once it, you yeah. fell a couple times, you're like, oh okay, like it's I'm not gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Wow, that's so fun. Sure when we're done, uh, Michaela, you will be leaving that. In the okay. episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, continuing on. Finally, my first day as a Sonic, co- Sonic car hop arrived. I tied my apron around my waist, loaded it up with change, and started taking orders out to cars. It was going great. I was averaging around $2 in tips for every order that I took out. And with one order after another, tips were starting to add up. What a bunch of cheapskates. I know. $2. I mean, it depends on what you're ordering, I guess. But, like, that I'm assuming w- well, it's $2. more than... 
Because you're supposed to double the tip, right? Yeah. If you're tipping double tax. Tax. Sorry. Yeah. Tip would be double tax. So what would that? I don't even know. I just suck at math, so I couldn't. Also, fast food is cheap, so like, it's not like restaurants. That's true. You know. She writes, I greeted customers with cheery customer service smiles and high, happy voices, handed them their greasy but oh-so-delicious burgers and fries and cherry limeades, and strutted back inside with a few extra dollars in my apron. Everything was great. I was comfortable and confident, taking orders out with ease. I grabbed the next order. It was a four extra-large Dr. Peppers, so I decided to load them into a drink carrier. I threw some straws on the carrier and headed out the door. I walked up to the customer's car, and it was full of teenage girls. I asked how they were doing, and they start and started handing them their drinks, when all of a sudden, the inevitable happened. In the blink of an eye, my finger slipped off of the drink carrier handle way too soon, and all four extra-large Dr. Peppers gushed all over myself and the hood and door of this poor girl's nice car and all over her. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Shocked and painfully embarrassed, I stood there for what felt like forever, arm extended and frozen over her door, mouth open and wide-eyed. Do I laugh? Do I cry? I could do both. I finally snapped out of my shock and started profusely apologizing and over-explaining myself. I'm sure my mouth was talking a thousand words per second as I apologized over and over again, telling her it's my first day and that I'll go back and get her new drinks and even throw in an extra maybe like burger or fries or whatever I could get. I was so embarrassed and willing to do anything to fix the literally sticky situation that I had caused. The girl in the driver's seat said, oh, you poor thing. (laughs) As the other girls in the car stared mouths wide open, I knew I couldn't waste any time. I ran inside to remake their drinks, holding back tears with adrenaline pumping. I made those extra large Dr. Peppers like there was no tomorrow. (laughs) My coworkers asked what happened and I yelled, I spilled their drinks all over their car, which of course they found to be hilarious and I don't blame them at all. I busted out the door with a fistful of napkins in one hand and held extra tightly to the carrier full of their new drinks. I apologized again and asked if the driver would let me wipe down her car. God bless this girl because she looked at me with the kindest smile and said, it's okay, girl, don't worry about it. <laughs> and she handed me a $5 bill, y'all. <laughs> I thanked her for her patience and told them to have a good rest of their night and, of course, apologized again. I walked back inside, took a deep breath, and couldn't stop laughing about it with my coworkers for the rest of the night. They still give me a hard time about this to this day, but now I have a story to tell new car hops to make them feel better when they make a mistake. I'm sure it can't get much worse than that, but my goodness, I am thankful that the customer was so kind and gracious. Thank you for listening to my tearing it up. And just know if it made it on the pod, I will definitely be screaming on my way to go babysit, which is usually when I listen to new episodes every Monday. I hope you both had a good laugh out of the mess I made for myself. Literally have a blessed day and a great rest of your week. I love and appreciate you both. Your favorite car hop, Haley. I You know, I love when people are just nice. Like it takes like two seconds. And I feel like, I really feel like if you have decent empathy, Mm -hmm. And are able to just watch that person. Like the, I went to get egg bites this morning because I felt like sick because I was hungry. And um, the girl, she's bringing out, I'm not joking, she had eight food items in her hands. And she like came around and was setting them down. And she like drops one on the floor. And I'm like, 
but that's mine. That's like fine. I knew, like I knew, like yeah. I know, I know. So she's like giving them all out, and she and I saw her face. She was like, "Oh my gosh, okay." And so she's like handing all the things out, and then she picks it up and looks at me, and is like, "I'm so sorry. Like I'm go- I'm going to get you a new one." And I was like, "No, no, no. Like the food didn't hit the floor. I'm fine." And I tried to grab it, and she was like freaking out, like, "No, it's okay. I'm so sorry. Like I'll make you a new one." And so I finally like I put my hand on it. I look at her, and I'm like. I, I like really need to go, but I'm telling you, like, it's totally fine. Like, yeah. you're fine. But she looked like she was going to cry. Oh. And it's like, how do you look at someone who's clearly like just Stressed. in horror yeah. and then add to it by being like, what the heck? Just like, f- about it. Yeah. yeah like, like, that's cruel. How, like, how do you not have empathy for like, It'd be one thing if they dropped it and were like, sorry, you're going to have to wait five minutes for another one. Yeah. Then, okay. Then it'd be like, okay, money back. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. But if you see someone's like so apologetic or embarrassed, like I don't understand. I People are so rude. I've had so many like rude customer interactions before and I'm just looking at them like, How, like what is your problem? Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible people. Customer service jobs are tough. Yeah. I feel like we, we though, who have been in, especially the food industry, mm-hmm. make the nicest, like, guests. Oh, uh, oh, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. Like, Having been on the other side. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Every time someone messes up my food, drops something on me, like any, I'm like the nicest person. I always tip great. Yeah, people are so, crazy when it comes to their food. Yeah, because you because of all the abuse we took. Though, yeah, <laughs> like in our own crazy job. when it comes even more so. I feel like than money sometimes. I'm like, yeah, it's a salad. Relax. Yeah, you'll be okay. It's okay. Like I can yeah. pick out whatever you don't or remake it. It's not that big of a deal. Do you have a like? Is there one that comes to mind where someone yelled at you and it like freaked you out? Um, not for food, but when I worked at hotels, I worked at, I think I've said this on the podcast, I'm pretty sure, but I worked at a hotel where we had weddings every weekend and we had the wedding guests and wedding parties stay with us a lot because we um, were right next to Glen Ivy. So um, I had countless um, bridezilla moms. Oh, yeah. That went off on yeah. me and me and my coworker, who ended up being my boyfriend for a while were Whoa. um had had it down pretty good where like for whatever reason it was mostly me and I think it's just because I was like the girl and like nice but they felt comfortable coming to me and yelling at me and we would always have like this cue where I would just I would just turn and then he'd come over yeah. and be like, hi, like, how can we fix First this? First of all, just to, like, I it. hate that. Like, I hate the fact that him just being a male. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's like, so, we can't yell at him. So bad. And yeah. he definitely had some people, some moms yell at him, too. But for the majority. It's different. It yeah. was at me. Yeah. That's annoying. Um, And I would always be, I would, I'm so great at, like, I'll, my face will go blank. I'll take it. I'll hold my hands in front of me, like, politely and just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll do everything. And they just need to vent about it yeah and it's not and what I was good at was like knowing that it wasn't me like this is the whole wedding being pent up and it's being unleashed yeah, on yeah, me. yeah yeah and that's totally fine and but I did have one woman where um not only did I call the manager but we ended up threatening to call the cops because she would not back down oh my and gosh her daughter who was the bride who you'd think would be more stressed <laughs> literally had to come and get her and pull her away from the counter because I was like you can't talk to me like that and there's other guests here and it was people go crazy woof yeah yeah and I'd be like I didn't mess up 
why are you like, yelling? What do you want me yeah, to do? Why are, yeah. That's the whole thing is like, if you want to yell at my manager or like whoever else actually booked your reservation, like that's fine. But like, yeah. you know, it wasn't me. So why are you yelling at Oof. me? The worst. I think one of my worst, I have had a, quite a few, but one of them was where I like literally didn't know what to do was um, our policy was we had to tell them if there was an extra charge. Mm -hmm. So she asked for like some type of topping. It was when I worked worked at the Pancake House, mm -hmm. not IHOP, okay? Way IHOP's better. for suckers. <laughs> I worked at the original Pancake House. <laughs> um, anyways, so I, I told her, I was like, oh, okay, that's gonna be 50 cents extra, is that okay? And I will never forget, she like throws her hands down and looks at me and she's like, "Do at the top of her lungs, do I look like I can't afford 50 cents? And I was like, uh, no, ma'am. <laughs> That's just my our policy. Like, I'll get in trouble if I don't. And she just like went off and ever. And I think because it had to do with money. And then like, it was just such a weird. And I just remember looking at the guy she was with and being like, you're not going to chime in at all. Like, yeah. you're just going to. And I was just like, okay, okay. Which is funny because that overreaction just goes to show how sensitive a topic money is for right? her. Or like, who are you trying to flex for? For like, her. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily whole... saying anything about you, but clearly this is a yes. hot topic for you. But the worst part is when you're getting yelled at and you feel the whole restaurant behind you get quiet and you know all that everyone's on looking you. at you. Yeah. And you're just like, mother. Oof. Yeah. Anyways, good times. We should do we should do an episode of um, that's just customer service stories. I feel like that would be, so, be so fun. That'd be so fun. We if should do you it, got, guys. If you guys, it could have, be like shorties, like a bunch of them. If you guys have customer service stories, good, bad, funny, everywhere and anywhere in between, write them in. Yes. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, that'll be fun. okay. Let's do it. Um, okay, I'm going to jump into our first story, and it is titled, Being the quote-unquote therapist friend is too hard, but I can't stop. I get it. Me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, ladies. I want to start off by adding to the name debate. I Ooh. love how she's... This is, this is good. Yeah. Personally, I think if you refer to Ashley as Ash, Taryn and Ash sounds better, mm. but... I think Ashley and Taryn sounds better than Taryn and Ashley. Yes. Hope this isn't too controversial. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Taryn so and Ash. <laughs> Taryn and Ash, if you say Taryn it all together, Ash. sounds like a brand. Taryn and Ash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should but we start a clothing If you company? say Ashley and Taryn, I think the reason it sounds Ashley right is because we're literally trained to go alphabetical order, and that's why it sounds yeah, right. Yeah, Ashley and Taryn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I like this. It's like, oh, it's not about favorites. It's about mm -hmm. fanatic flow. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, and then she says, I want to give a trigger warning for this topic as it deals with mental health and self-harm. So if you are listening to this and those are things that trigger you, be um, just be wise about if you want to continue listening. Also, feel free to drop will, out. We won't take it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit that 30 skip a few times yeah. um we'll also attach um some resources in the bio of this yes. episode as well so get help if you need it starting off i am a 19 and enneagram 9 and i'm in my second year of college i like to be anonymous due to the personal issues of another person in this email i have this friend that i'm gonna call molly we've been friends since eighth grade and she's always really struggled with her mental health 
She has bipolar disorder, which is notorious to be hard to treat effectively. So I know it's really hard for her and I try my best to be supportive. But for the past four years, she has been sending me messages at least monthly telling me how she can't do it anymore and she wants to end her life and goes on about everything terrible about herself in her life. That's so heavy. The first few times I was very responsive and called her, went to her house to comfort her and give her ways to make things better. But then it started happening almost weekly. She's even told me once that she posts depressing stuff on her story to get attention and she likes the attention it gets her. I am diagnosed with depression and anxiety, so I'm struggling with my own mental health, and sometimes I just can't take the text and I don't respond, but it makes me feel so guilty. In the past year, she has started doing drugs, and this has made her symptoms so much worse. She knows it makes it worse. It seems like she doesn't want things to get better because everything she does makes things worse, and she knows it too. Every time we hang out, it's just her self-deprecating and telling me how she wants to hurt herself. There have even been times where she has gone into another room to harm herself and come out and showed me. About a month ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had a friend do that in high school. Oh, my God. It was really heavy. Yeah. About a month ago, I was at a birthday party, and she was there as well. The entire time, she was sending me these texts. It feels so selfish to say that it ruined my time, but it's just so exhausting. My boyfriend is really protective of me, and it makes him really upset when I tell him how much this all affects me. He keeps telling me I need to cut her off, but I just can't help but feel responsible for her at this point. I don't gain anything out of the relationship anymore, but I'm scared cutting her off would make things so much worse for her mentally. Something horrible would happen. There was a few times that fairly new friends she made cut her off for the same reasons and it sent her to the hospital. I've tried everything to help her. I don't know what to do anymore. Her parents know about everything and they try and give her all the help they can. I'm sorry if this is all over the place. This is the first time I've fully talked openly about this. So thoughts just keep rushing. Love Anonymous. Oh, Dude, this Deep is breaths. This is so heavy for so many reasons. And this one um broke my heart because I've I'm pretty sure I've shared I went through an almost identical situation when I was in high school mm-hmm. with a friend who, you know, told me that I was the only one who knew. Um, if I told anybody that she would actually mm-hmm. do the worst that you could imagine in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um if I didn't answer the phone and then I called her back like an hour later, like one time I was babysitting and I literally feeding an a infant a bottle. Mm-hmm. And by the time I called her, she had already hurt herself. And so the the weight that was on me yeah. was so I I declined so drastically within a year. And I remember my parents were like, Why are you getting bad grades? Like what's going on? Like they could sense it. But I was so scared at that time that I was responsible for her life, yeah. like literally her life. Yeah. And that I believed her when she said, if I told anyone that she would actually go through with it. And so finally my breaking point was she sent a goodbye text to a bunch of people. And then I like broke down in my room. And when my parents came in, that was when I finally like, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And she ended up like being taken to a facility and they used me to like, 
get her there, which I was like really upset. All, all the things that were put on like such a young girl a child. was way too much. Each actual way, child. No, way yeah. too much. Um, but it ended up like getting to that point and our friendship did decline because I think like I just couldn't do it anymore. And and, that's, and you shouldn't yeah. have had to do it at yeah. all. And that's such a hard line because I think sometimes people think if I make a boundary for myself, I'm I'm like diminishing their problem. That is a real problem. Like mm-hmm. even even people who might harm themselves for attention, that still is a problem. Like yeah. you can't just look at that and say like, oh, you just want attention. Your problems aren't real. Mm-hmm. The fact that someone would actually go to that length to get attention is a pro- like they have something going on. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to like separate the two of. I need to protect myself, but I also like obviously care about you and want you to get help too. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. It's so hard. And I think, I think something um, that is so normal to feel is this responsibility that you're talking about because it is, it and can be perceived as um, an honor to be trusted with something Mm -hmm. that they don't want to let other people know about. Right. And I think it's, it's very common to be like, Oh my God, like, this is such a big thing and they're trusting me with it. It makes you feel special. It makes you feel like a responsibility to take care of them. It makes you feel like, oh, I need to play this role in their life because they have no one. And yeah. and that's okay in my opinion. Um, But I, I always, I think in stuff like this and just in life in general, I love the three strike rule. Yeah. I love the three strike rule. If I had a friend come to me and was struggling with something, I would be just say, same thing as the same thing as our writer said. I would be there in an instant the first time. I would be there in an instant the second time. If there's a third time, this is a pattern officially and we need to call someone, right? And I think obviously the younger you are, you don't think that way. You're scared. You don't know about resources. But um, I think you have anonymous. You, I think you have every right to um, back away from this because that's not your responsibility. Um, yes, there are people that can be narcissistic and are just looking for, um, attention, validation, compliments, any kind of, they have a need and they're trying to get it fixed by that. But, um, I agree with Taryn. I think it's easy to say that that's not serious and that's fake and they're just, you know, trying to cause a scene, but like, that's still a very desperate cry for, something else it's not yeah. just about attention it's like they're trying to get something else out of you um and I think something that I think that our generation and, and Gen Z is really good about is finally I feel like people are talking about stuff like this and I think if you um are are having these conversations with friends you would know that, that that's not your place that's not your responsibility you're not qualified to be handling anything like that so I love that your boyfriend and you are thinking about cutting ties not in a way of like just leaving her out to dry, but so that she can take steps on her own to find help and, and, and grow and heal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think it all is like very subjective to like who you are, right? Like if, if you as a friend had the emotional capacity to do it, like I feel like three strikes is like the whole premise of that is like you have your point that you're like, hey, like I know when I'm out. Right. So you might have like 17 strikes or I might be able to do like 32 strikes, like whatever it is. 
But I think it's you knowing as a friend what you can give. what you can give, and then also like what is actually beneficial. Yeah. So and knowing there's knowing what you can give, and knowing that you are not a professional in this area. Yeah. Which is very different because there's being an emotional support, which we can all do more than three times. Yeah. But when we're talking about potential suicide, no, or no, self harm, no, no. yeah, 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 that's totally no out one of, has yeah. thirty two. Like no, no. let's just. Let's no, just no. Draw the boundary. Well, I mean, I think with with actual, if someone's saying actually, like they're gonna, I think there's not even like one strike. Like you, you reach yeah. out for help, yeah. and that's something I learned that I wish I would have done because I will never forget again <laughs> the heaviest freaking crap that I went through. Um, I will never forget her mom when everything came out. Her mom came up to me and was sobbing and was like, "Why didn't you say anything?" And I remember just feeling that weight of like, I did something wrong. Mm. And like, I couldn't even articulate anything because I was I was just like so wrapped up and like, I didn't even know what the next step was, you know? But I remember the heaviness of being like, oh, I should have said something. And I think when it comes to people saying stuff, I think that's why like with therapists, right? Like there's confidentiality until mm-hmm. you're gonna hurt yourself yeah. or hurt someone else. Like, there is that line. Yeah, so I do think like, if someone is telling you that they want to hurt themselves, you have to, you have to think about them more than how they're going to react to you. Like, bottom line. Now, if you go and tell their parents and their parents step in and they're like, I hate you, I don't trust you, I'm not your friend anymore. Well, to me, would you rather that happen or them do something that, you have to live with the rest of your life. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, like you immediately act. Now, if it comes to like, you know, like people will do just like some self-harm things or talking about like, oh, I'm feeling this way. Then like, I think there's differences and you have to use your judgment. But um, yeah, if someone actually makes a comment like I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Like you have to act like you have to. Oh, a hundred percent. And the way that she, I feel like where it stopped for me, because there's, Okay. Um, in high school, I feel like I had a lot of friends that did self-harm yeah. and it was trendy. Yeah. And I did, obviously, I'm 33. I grew up through the like the whole like emo, like very emotional, very like uh, sad, poor me, trendy phase of life, yeah, which was yeah, weird yeah. because a lot of people were hurting themselves. And I think it was, it was a mix of people like actually struggling and a mix of people just like experimenting and doing the trendy thing. So I never really knew like how to handle that kind of stuff either. But I do think there was a difference in this email that I also saw in high school where people would show each other. Yeah. And I feel like that was, that was such a very weird twisted way of like crying out for help because there were people that were, that would like let their scars show that were like trying to be trendy. In my opinion, this was how I took it. And then there were people that were actually struggling. And like, I think the act of her going and hurting herself and then showing you was a weird twisted way of her crying out for help. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. this isn't fake. I'm not faking it. Like this is a real thing. And I feel like that also just goes to show like, maybe that was a subconscious way of her, her saying like, help yeah I Does think that like sense? I think it's one of those things where I think it's easy to what's helped me a lot is and I've talked about it before I went through like the this training um like trauma-informed like approaches with kids and it obviously translates to adults mm-hmm. too and it's this whole premise that like 
if people could do better, they would. Mm -hmm. So when you see someone doing something, like it's really easy to be like, that's so jacked up. Like, why did you do that? Right. But more thinking of the fact of like, wow, the fact that you did that mm -hmm. and felt the need to do that, like there's something like you're lacking and like how do you step in in what place? And And I think what sucks is there's a lot of people that have very, very deep-seated like neglect issues or um, or desire attention so much that they would do anything to get that. And I think a lot of times they entered into that realm of self-harm and brought this very like negative look onto it, which I mean, it is a negative like area, right? Mm -hmm. But but would use it for attention. And then you had these other people that were doing it in secret that were literally trying to just like channel their pain into anything that they could. Mm -hmm. So I think it created like these very weird dynamics. And I think what you're talking about, like our age, it was a very showy thing. It, it was and it, hard, and it's hard. It made it to hard to differentiate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like. The fact that she, I mean, she's definitely crying out for like so much. Mm -hmm. And I and I, I want to just approach you, Anonymous, because I don't want to touch into what of her pain is like real or is not because mm -hmm. she's the only one that can like make that clarification. Mm -hmm. And it's not our jobs to try to like define that or say right. she's being this or that. Right. Um, you have to... I think in times in life, you have to look a situation dead on and say, is this a situation where I have the capacity to sacrifice my needs for someone else? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that is drowning me and I need to like create some separation? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very, that's a very touchy line to figure out. But for you, I think that the stuff that she is putting on you is very heavy. Mm -hmm. I also think that what you're doing or not doing is not being effective or not effective either. Yeah. Like the fact that you're pouring into her and encouraging her, but she still is self-deprecating. Like she, it doesn't sound like she's at a place where she actually is wanting help. Yeah. She's just wanting a reaction in that or time. Or maybe spiraling and grasping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for so someone. I would have a conversation with her now. Now, the pro the, the thing you have to understand is that it does risk cutting her off. Mm -hmm. But that might be like what she needs. Like you might honestly be more of a crutch than a help at this point. And maybe you cutting yourself out will push her into getting more help. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but I would make sure if I if I were you. I would call her parents and have a conversation with them of just being like, hey, this has been happening a lot. I'm pretty concerned. It's been really heavy for me. I'm I'm needing to take a step back, but I, I want to make sure you're aware of that so you guys can be watching out for her, you know, because you never just want to leave someone without an explanation or without making sure they're okay and like right. have support. Like that's like the cruelest thing you could do. So I think for for that, I would make sure she has that support. I would sit her down and make sure she's aware of why you're needing to step back so that she's not like what's happening. And I would just tell her in language that's very much like not saying it's her fault and it's her, but just saying, hey, I love you so much. And honestly, like it 
breaks me every time I hear you talk about yourself in a negative way because I think the world of you and mm -hmm. I think you're amazing. And I, of course, want to be here for you as a friend. But I'm really struggling with my own, like, stability and, like, anxiety and depression. And and when when you send me those texts, it's really hard for me to know what to do in that moment. And it sends me in my own spiral. And I just want to make sure you're getting the help that you need. And I think for me, like, I need to protect myself a little bit. Um, obviously, like... If something happens like and you need me there for you, I'll be there for you. But for me, I think I need to create a little bit of distance in this in this area mm -hmm. and just be very gentle with how you approach it. Like listen for her response to know how to respond further, um, you know, and then maybe like if she reaches out to you, you shoot a text to her mom saying like, hey, she reached out, make sure she's OK. Like whatever you need to do to like feel OK in yourself, but also to make sure she's OK. Um, but I don't think there's a problem in doing that. What I just would avoid is like the cold turkey. She's not aware. You haven't made sure like other people are aware of like what's going on um, because I think that can do more harm in the end. So that would be my approach. But again, this is like such a tricky one. It's really hard to know exactly the right way. Yeah. But I think as long as you're making sure that people in her life are aware of what's going on, um, and you're really gentle in your yeah. approach with her. And then after you've had that conversation, if it continues and it's really aggressive, then then that's when you can put some like harder boundaries up. Yeah. But I would say for your first time approaching it, just be be cautious about like how you go about it. A thousand percent. Yeah. I really res resonated with the crutch statement because I think that's exactly what you are. Um, and I think sometimes you have to kind of realize that before you're able to see like, oh, maybe me distancing myself would help her stand on her be forced to stand on her own two feet or would help, yeah. would force her to go find someone else to call for help because um she she wouldn't have you there to like lean on every single time she cries no, you know for sure. and i'm not diminishing the crying part like i feel like i said that weird um but like to to know that you're always there means she doesn't have to reach out to anyone else you know yeah. so by you leaving all of a sudden she's not only gonna have to stand up on her own and do something on her own for herself but she's gonna have to tell someone else who could respond differently who um you know it's gonna be good I feel like that yeah her having to do something else without you or move on move forward without you reach out to someone else that can only bring good it's a fresh pair of eyes it's a fresh pair of maybe her hopefully her parents yeah but again like even even in that analogy like you're not gonna walk up to someone who's like leaning on a crutch and just kick it out yeah. from them. Like you're gonna like place their hand on a rail or like be like, hey, why don't you put weight on that foot? Like, yeah, you can walk without that. Like mm -hmm. it's still a setting her up for that like mm -hmm. slow like transition, um, especially because like you've put yourself in that position with her. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like being gentle about the transition part of it. Yeah, But um. But again, anything that has to do with mental health and like self-harm, it's just such a delicate place. But making sure that person has professionals, has her family aware, um, and then whatever you got to do to protect yourself, too. Yeah. Um, then you can start stepping into yeah, that. It's the yeah. whole airplane, like put the oxygen mask on yourself yep. before you help your kid. Yeah. You know, like. That analogy, I think, works really, really well for this. And you can't help her if you're struggling. Also. Yeah. 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 
But I'm man, I'm sending all my thoughts and prayers to you guys Same. and um and this journey. And it sounds like you have a good support system too. So mm-hmm. definitely make sure you're you're leaning on them too. Yeah. Um as you approach this, because yeah, that can be tricky. Okay, let's go ahead and get started on my email. This one is titled Just Called Off My Engagement. Advice, please. Oof. Hi, Taryn and Ash. I'll start with the normal stuff and say that I love your podcast. I've been listening since the beginning, and your advice just keeps getting better and better. This is my first time writing in, and I'd like to stay anonymous, but you guys can know my name. It's Nice. Now, I know you say the title, so let's get into why I'm writing in. She writes, Addiction. When I first met my fiancé, we had some issues when it came to being physically intimate. He opened up to me and told me it was because he was struggling with watching too much porn. He told me that he was getting help for it and that he was getting better, etc. As our intimacy problems went away, I assumed he was doing better. I had brought it up numerous times and brushed it off each time saying he was better, but he never actually opened up to me about how much, even though I knew it was weighing heavier on him than he would admit. About a month ago, I found a sticky note while I was looking in his nightstand and it read, don't watch porn. So I confronted him about it and asked him if he was still watching it, if he was still struggling. Mind you, I only ever wanted him to get help. I wanted to be there for him. He told me that he wasn't. He told me I had no reason not to trust him. So let's fast forward to now. I needed to get on his computer. And because I'm nosy and because I don't completely trust him, I decided to look through his search history. And what do you know? I found the porn site and his recent searches. I was absolutely heartbroken. I confronted him and he told me everything. He told me he felt ashamed and disgusted in himself. He told me he didn't know how to tell me he had an addiction to porn. He threw away his computer. He opened up to my parents and his friends about his problems going to therapy and he started going to church with me. He keeps asking for my forgiveness, but that's why I need advice on. But that's what I need advice on. I'm not only upset that he has this problem, because I am, frankly, it makes me uncomfortable, but I am more upset that he lied to me, betrayed my trust, and I feel like he's been using me our whole relationship. All that I ask is at what point should I call it because I know I don't deserve this, or does he deserve a second chance since he's been doing all these things to get better? If he does get better, truly, I still don't know if I'll be able to trust him. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely, very confused and heartbroken girl. Oh. Man, these are rough ones. I today. know, I know. Jeez, should pour ourselves a drink. Well, no. <laughs> next time we'll just have a glass of w- a bottle of wine ready. Literally, um, or mugs, or mugs. We forgot. I took them out of my I bag. Know. I <sighs> knew you were going to take them out of your bag. Ah, uh, shoot. Sorry, okay. that was a total that was, side conversation. That was of a ours. side note and not related to this yeah. in any way. Yeah. Um, oh God. This is one of those. This is one of those things where, um, and I, I will hear Taryn's point in a second. But um, this is one of those things where only you know. And this is one of those things where I can give you all the advice that I can give you, and Taryn could give you any advice that she has or experiences that we have. But only you know what you can and can't handle. And when trust is broken like that, only you know if it can be mended fully or not. So I think something that you need to do right off the bat before like listening to any else of our advice is sit down with yourself and really think if he were to fully change and turn things around, can you trust him again? Is that even an option in your heart and mind and spirit? You know, like, is that a possibility? Because if not, 
maybe uh, let's let's not stress over like the next few steps. You know, maybe maybe avoid all of this work together if if you really can't see yourself trusting him again. But yeah. if you think you can, then I think there's a lot of things you can do to like mend the relationship but you have to get to that point first right Tim? yeah well it's the same thing with like cheating or basically anything that you break trust and i and i think this is like not a popular thing to say um because you know like it's and that's hello speak words <laughs> i'm having a day with like that too i'm like hey well, everything well, i say i'm like my brain is like not caught up um the the worst part about those situations is the after effect, the ma- the majority of the work that has to be done comes from the person that was like wronged. Yeah. Because if you break my trust and I choose to forgive you, obviously like you earn that trust back. So yeah, there is work on you of like, how do I not make this happen again? How do I like make a resolution? But I have to choose to forgive you and to move on fresh because what will damage a relationship more than anything is if I continue and I say, every time you piss me off, well, you cheated on me. Mm-hmm. Like, or, well, of course we're going to my parents because you cheated on me. Why? I'm not going to sacrifice my parents to go to your parents. Like, yeah. oh, are you looking at her? You're going to cheat on me again? Mm-hmm. That is like, you will drive that relationship to the ground. So it's one of those things that is so like, it doesn't it doesn't compute in the mind of like what well, you cheated on me but i have to do the hard work of like letting this go yeah. and like choosing to trust and forgive you again yeah. which and is why not bringing it up every single yep, time you have a fight which is why i think what you said is so important because if you can't get to a place where you can choose to forgive him and yeah will there be an occasional search on looking at his search history I think some of that just comes with that territory of being like, yeah, part of me is going to keep you accountable in some things. But is it going to be something where you're now like, I don't trust him. He's been using me. Like some of the language I'm hearing you say sounds like you're taking this into that area of like that would have to be worked out if you're going to continue forward. Um, Do I believe people with addiction can get help and change? Absolutely. Do I also believe sometimes addiction is something someone struggles with for the rest of their life? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I can't give you advice on like what he's going to do or not do. The fact that he's taken actionable steps mm-hmm. brought he sat with your parents and that told them what was going huge, on huge mortifying embarrassing oh my god yeah um and he sat through it that's a big yeah. statement i to me that sounds like somebody who's really loves you and is like trying to do this yeah anyone could throw their computer out for sure sitting in front of your possible in-laws yeah. like that's a lot now what i will say and i have a very i used to think and i've said this before i used to think pornography was only watched by rapists and murderers <laughs> As a kid, because I remember thinking I was too. the most sheltered person. Like, yeah. I literally thought it was, like, the <coughs> worst thing you could do. Dear God, my body's revolting. Um, then I went to college to study psychology. Mm-hmm. And one of my, like, human sexuality classes, we studied pornography and, like, the effects that it has on both men and women. But what really, what really changed my view of everything, not my view, my empathy, Mm -hmm. I'll say that, was 
really going in and, and studying the effects on especially young males who start watching porn young. Most of them were exposed to it by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did one of my A senior- weird uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, one of my senior papers was the effects of pornography on a marriage. So I I personally, and everybody has their own view, mm-hmm. I think it's very unhealthy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But if your if you're couple dynamic, what, everybody has their own views on it. It's I'm a choice not, everyone makes. I'm not putting it. But from the research that I've done, mm-hmm. I think it can be detrimental, especially in like intimacy a- aspects. But when I saw like, biologically, physically, what happens and how men are wired and why pornography becomes so addictive and then the shame cycle that comes with it and all of that, mm-hmm. I will say that my heart broke a lot more and I saw, I, I didn't normalize it in my mind, but I was also like, dang, I really understand why you struggle with this, mm-hmm. you know? So I know that's a weird approach, but I would almost like recommend like, reading some articles about like how it affects men and how it's you know it's just it's fascinating when you look at that and it's also really sad Mm -hmm. but I think if if you take the time to understand his addiction more like that's a whole thing with like you know people who go to AA and their spouses go to all Al-Anon like they need support too but part of it is understanding where that person's addiction is coming from exactly like you can't just tell someone stop doing what you're doing and not even take the time to try to understand where it's rooted or what their struggle is yeah and him not telling you could be like imagine how traumatic that was for him to hear you asking and him to lie to you when obviously he loves the crap out of you because Mm -hmm. of like what he's been willing to do and then the shame that went every time he watched something like he clearly doesn't want to be doing this Mm -hmm. and like that shame cycle that comes with addiction addiction is like terrible too for the person but it's easy to like see it and just be like, you're selfish, you keep watching this even though you know I don't want you to. Yeah. So I would, I would, if you're gonna choose to forgive him, I would try to really understand his side. I would also sit with him and have those action items and, and how is he going to remain accountable um, moving forward and then choose if you're willing to like step into that with him, you yeah. know? But I think there's a lot of other things you need to like think of and gather the full picture before you make a choice that's so big as like stopping an engagement, you know? Yeah. A thousand percent. I think something that you hit on was like the Alcoholics Anonymous. I think some people are way, it's way easier to understand the concept of being an alcoholic um, or like a drug addict. Cause there is, there's an obvious and like visual effect that happens to someone when they're on those things. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think something that we need to do with, with addictions when it, that's a little more low key like this is understand that this same exact thing is happening while watching porn. So the effect that alcohol has on a human, porn has the same type of effect in a different way, obviously, but there's still an effect. Oh, absolutely. And I think it needs to be treated the same. So when you're around an alcoholic, like, what do you do? Like, you're not drinking in front of them. You're careful to, like, not go out to bars with them. You're going to more, like, family-style restaurants. Like, you're you're very aware of that. And I think something that... People need to realize with uh, porn addictions, if people are trying to like fight a porn addiction, then I think you need to be very careful about the movies you watch, like the shows that you're watching. Like all of these things are triggering for people who have an addiction the same way that a drink of a glass of whiskey would trigger an alcoholic, you know, like it's the same concept. So I think if you do choose to overcome this with him and stay by him 
and by his side, then I do think there there is going to have to be like a lifestyle change between the two of you. Like if you're dating someone who's an alcoholic, you're not going to drink alcohol in front of them. If your friends want to go out, you're going to have to say no. And I'm not saying you can't go out with your girlfriends and have <laughs> a, a glass yeah. of wine. But if he's there, then you need to be supportive. And I think that would require like a, a change in in lifestyle and like, you know, just kind of checking in with him. I feel like having a conversation, we've said this before, like having a conversation with your with your partner about what you consider cheating to be and does that include porn or not is so necessary. And if you haven't had that, it's not too late to have that. Yeah. And I think sitting down and being like, hey, like it's not that I am, I am uh, it's, it's, it's not about you, it's not about the porn. I view what, what has been happening here as cheating and I need to know that you're not going to cheat on me again. That's how I'm perceiving this, you know? Yeah. And I think cl- having that clarifying conversation conversation, and letting him know that you'll be supportive is important. And then the next thing I wanted to mention is I don't think you should be his accountability buddy. No, I think you can be no, no, a no, support no. as a partner, yeah. and as, a, you know, his girlfriend, possible wife in the future. But I think he needs to find someone separate a program through the church that you talked about churches are actually really great with stuff like this um when it comes to addiction there are so many programs that you can find Mm -hmm. within church so if you're already plugged into one i I, that feels like the next best thing and find someone else to hold him accountable because that's not your job and you shouldn't be like having to check in with him every single day or you know i'm i'm for checking his search history every once in a while randomly letting him know and being like hey I've been feeling a little weird. Is it, I'm going to be checking your search history, assuming that you came to that, you know, agreement together, but someone else should be checking in with him daily, weekly. If he's having a moment where he might, you know, struggle with it or he doesn't, he's feeling the need for it. He needs to reach out to someone else, not you. Yeah. And I mean, he needs, if he's serious about changing it, like he needs professional help for sure. If, if that's how deep it is. Mm -hmm. But I think also what you kind of touched on, I think it's really important that you, think about the language you're using when you communicate. Mm-hmm. Because I think with topics like that, especially people who like, you might actually think of porn and, and in your mind be like, that's disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? That's so whatever. But you need to be really careful to not communicate to him that he's disgusting, yeah. he's whatever. Instead, focusing on the way that it makes you feel. And, you know, like, I like saying stuff like, you know, when I'm picturing you watching that, it makes me feel like I'm not enough, like that yeah. my body's not enough, yeah. like our intimacy isn't enough. It makes me you have feel this like beautiful woman at your disposal. Yeah, like all yeah. I can think of is not you disposal, spending those hours, <laughs> like looking at another woman, and like you know what I mean. Like make him understand the way that you feel, mm-hmm. and a guy who like loves you is going to hear those things, and that's going to break his heart more than you telling him he's gross, he's a problem, because Mm -hmm. he's already telling himself that if he's trying to stop, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just would be really careful again about like the language you use. But I, I, I totally believe that people can get through anything as long as like both parties are like committed to it. Um, But again, this is going to definitely be a, you've got to come to that conclusion on your own. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. Man, alive. Heavy day. No. Let's all... These are such common Have a drink things, later. though. Let's all meet up later. Yeah, and and hug each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, honestly, both of you for just sharing the vulnerability. Such, yeah, such deep topics, and um, 
you know, with anything, it's better to speak up and have to have someone mad at you than to like keep it to yourself. If you personally are struggling with any type of, you know, depression or suicidal thoughts or addiction or anything, um, it doesn't have to define you. It can be something that you can work towards getting freedom from those things. But the first step is obviously speaking up and reaching out for help. And if you don't feel like you have someone in your life that you can do that, uh, work to find someone or there's so many resources out there that you can, um, you know, anonymously just reach out and get help. So mm-hmm. we love you all and we want you to take care of yourselves. So yes, we do 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 what you got to do. Should we lighten it up with a dad joke? I know I need it. Yes. I actually, this dad joke was sent in to our Insta. Ooh. And I, I will tell you, it made me chuckle. Ooh. Well, I mean, they all do, but like this one, I was like, I think Ashley will think it's funny too, which is my, Perfect. the way I measure. Her goal in life. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yes. What did the nut say when it was chasing the other nut? I just remembered I don't have any makeup on. Oh, Anybody nuts. who's watching me on YouTube or on Instagram, aren't I cute? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said D's nuts. Ashley. He said, I'm a cashew. <laughs> that was good. That's so funny. I'm a cashew. I'm a cashew. That was good. Oh, that I don't know why I was good. picturing peanuts. Sure. Um, guys. <laughs> Thanks for getting through this uh, extra uh, heavy episode. Um, Hopefully the dad joke lightened it up for you as it did me. Um, If you are sitting on any stories that you would like um, to write in about, please take this moment to write them in. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be anywhere in between. We love your guys' stories. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) My voice is like, I've held on enough. Do you know how many times I've like, Oh, I watch. I'm sitting across my body. Like I can watch your whole body like convulse, sucking in a cough. <laughs> so thank you so much for making it to the dad joke. If you did, you already know that we love you the mostest. Be sure to write in. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you guys uh, next Monday with a new episode. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 